Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Seary. Uh, before we jump into this, I know that you know what I'm going to say. That's right. Give me a five-star rating on this podcast. Subscribe, follow, share, like, all that jazz. When you do so, that spreads the word so that more folks can tune in, learn, and gain a better understanding of the world around them. So last week we talked to Jeannie Love. She was a special guest from Colorado. She has great insights into the world of autism and ADHD, and she specializes in helping those on the spectrum navigate the workplace, as well as helping employers deal with the unruly and obstinate left-of-normal folks that otherwise do a great job but are just rather incorrigible. Not me, of course. I'm always an absolute delight. You can find Jeannie Love at genielove.coach. That's G-E-N-I-E-L-O-V-E dot C-O-A-C-H. Moving on, this week we're going to take a little gander at one of the suggested topics from our listeners. That is impulsivity and impulse control. We'll look at how I manage it, how I see it in kids, such as my own son, who is very impulsive, how I saw it in myself as a child, and ultimately, what can we do about it? I'll start things off with a little bit of history, a bit of my own life that I can remember from my childhood, where I saw myself dealing with impulsivity and the control thereof. Then we'll get into a bit more as an adult and how I still have a lot of those impulses that try to overwhelm me, but I'm a grown-up and I can control them. So looking back to childhood, I can remember a few times uh, where impulses took over. What I don't recall, however, is whether or not I had control over what I was doing. Uh, By that, I mean, was the impulse so great that I literally could not do anything about it? Uh, Now, as an adult, I recognize some of these things. I do them on autopilot, and I actually don't even, sometimes I don't even realize that I'm doing them until after I get started. Now, we'll get to that here in a minute. So, I was around six, maybe seven years old, and my best friend Ryan lived right across the street from us. Uh, He would come over and play all the time, or I would go over to his house and play all the time, literally every day after school, sometimes before school, all summer long. We'd just knock around in one of our backyards and getting into all sorts of mischief that a six or seven year old could do back in the 1980s. One particular afternoon, we were playing. There were, I remember, a couple of other kids there. I don't remember who the other ones were, though. It may have been my older brother, Ryan's older brother, or just some other kids from the neighborhood. So I had recently learned how to shriek, I guess is how you would call it, uh, just kind of a high-pitched squeal that I believe sounded quite a bit like an eagle or a hawk, that ee-ee kind of noise that's much harder to do now as an adult, whereas with as a child you have those uh, much higher vocal ranges. Anyway, so we were running around, we're climbing up and down on the jungle gym or whatever the play structure was in the backyard, and I was shrieking like an eagle. I thought it was amazing. I could jump off of this structure. I 
quote-unquote fly through the air and administer these little outbursts. Now, as, a, as an adult, I see my own son doing some of the exact same things, and I now realize how absolutely infuriating the noise are, noises are. But at the time, my peers that I was playing with didn't say anything, and so my mind interpreted that as whatever I'm doing is perfectly acceptable behavior. Now, I'm not sure if it was... Uh, I don't feel that it was entirely not acceptable. And largely one of those things of kids being kids. They do dumb things and the other kids think it's hilarious. So I had the impulse to shriek, and so I shrieked. So thinking about this and how it relates to Spectrum... It seems that this impulse to shriek satisfied various urges. Uh, one, I can feel it in my vocal cords, and it gives me an internal stimulation. Two, I can hear it in my ear bones, and so it gives me an auditory stimulation. I believe that's where the impulse to do it came from. Anyway, around that same time, I also got into this habit of trying to deflect conversations. Even back then, I didn't want to get involved with talking when I wasn't in the mood for talking. I don't know where I picked up this little nuance, this little saying, but if someone said something to me, I would say, I knew that, or I already knew that, and I found that I would shut down interactions that I wasn't interested in, and then I could go about my day unmolested. Thinking back, on those times, I now realize I just came across as a know-it-all, and the reason it shut down interactions is nobody wants to hang around a know-it-all. Now, the, these memories are three and a half decades old, so they are a bit fuzzy. In my mind, I believe I was saying I knew that a lot, multiple times a day for months and months. Um, more likely, it wasn't that often, and my shenanigans probably lasted like a week maybe even less. But I do distinctly remember being called out on it uh, and what ultimately shut down, so I stopped using the I knew that phrase. I was helping to scrub the grout in the bathroom shower. Now, I don't remember why we were scrubbing the grout, whether it's just a deep cleaning day or we're recalking the shower or just trying to get rid of the gross mildew. It was my parents' bathroom. We lived in Oregon, so if you know anything about Oregon, it's a little cooler and damper than it is here in Montana. Therefore, things like mildew and molds can get a foothold a little easier. Now, this bathroom, as I recall, was small, and really only one person could fit in there at a time. I, I, I was trying to help my mom as she was using like an old toothbrush to scrub the corners of the shower... And I'm probably just bugging the crap out of her. And for whatever reason, I was bent over near this vanity in the bathroom. And so if you just imagine a tiny little bathroom, there's enough room for like a toilet, a small vanity, and then a shower at the end. Uh, really, like if two people were standing there, you'd have a difficult time walking by somebody at the vanity to get into the shower. That small of a bathroom. And it's one of these big, old, ugly vanities. Something that was popular in the 70s and 80s. Super ugly, like, 
composite, not even composite, like a wrapped, a wood vanity top that was covered in this ugly yellow veneer. And every corner on the thing was absolutely sharp. Like you could cut yourself if you ran your finger down the edge of it type thing. So I was, uh, my mom was scrubbing. I was just pestering her and she ultimately let me take over. But I was ducked down by the vanity when I was pestering her and I stood up and I smashed my head on it. I hit my head right on the corner of this vanity hard enough that really hurt but you know tough little kid that doesn't want to show any emotion so you know just kind of ignored it so my mom gives me the toothbrush lets me take over i'm having a blast scrubbing the mold out of the corners of the bathroom and she came in to check on me a little bit later and there were blood streaks on the wall of the shower apparently like as i was going along scrubbing i just kind of leaned my head on the wall a little bit and i was bleeding and it smeared off onto the shower walls so she comes in she's like scott your head is bleeding and me impulsively replied i knew that and all motherly and stuff she was concerned that i was damaged and i really gashed my head good and she called me out and she's like no you didn't know that otherwise you would have stopped the bleeding it, it really wasn't that bad it was one of those things you know head wounds tend to bleed a lot even though they're tiny little cuts on the head a little bit of wet paper towel we were all cleaned up and that's the last time I remember ever saying I knew that on an impulse because I did not in fact know very many things Uh, looking back at six or seven year old me I wasn't very smart back then I'm super smart now but not back then so today as an adult that is fully aware that he does not know everything, more things than a child, but not everything, I still notice some impulses that really creep in on me. I don't know if these are spectrum-related or just natural things that flow through everyone's brains, so here it all is. There are times when I feel a good shrieking will be satisfying. It's kind of uh, similar to a pot of water that's getting hotter and hotter until pressure builds up, And then once you let that pressure out, boom, everything's just back to normal. Now, of course, I don't let these shrieks out whenever they just pop into my head because I'm a sophisticated man. And being a sophisticated man, I do what any well-mannered adult would do. I wait until I'm driving in the car by myself and I let those shrieks out where nobody else will ever hear them. Noises, for me, in general, are satisfying when I am in control of them. For instance, the loud boom-boom music is fun if I initiated it or control the volume. Fireworks that explode and boom so loud that you can feel them in your chest are great. And even small noises tend to have a bit of a calming effect unless somebody else is doing them or they're coming from an outside source and then they're just absolutely irritating. I think that's kind of a general thing. That's not really a spectrum trait. I think that's kind of across the board. If you're generating the noise, it's okay. Somebody else generating the noise, dude, shut up. So there's there's this condition, uh, and I don't know if it's actually a condition, more just an act, uh, something you do or can do, people do. It's called echolalia. It's where someone repeats a word over and over. It's a natural part of learning to speak. Children do it when they're 
when they're growing and they're developing their language. But some people do it uh, as a comfort thing. Specifically, those with autism tend to repeat a word over and over that they, they hear. Or there's another one, I think it's called polylalia, is one where they repeat over and over a word that they said or they made up. Now, for instance, my son runs around saying the word chicken all the time, over and over, just randomly, chicken! Super annoying, super frustrating that, and he actually gets in trouble at school for chicken, and now it's called the forbidden word, and it's a whole game. Now, a few years ago, that word was actually cookie, and it's evolved over time. There's different words that come in. Uh, I don't fully understand what's going on here. I don't remember doing this other than I knew that as a kid. I think it has something to do with how the words feel coming out of the mouth. Uh, chicken has two hard sounds. Cookie, two hard sounds. And they they kind of flow. They kind of have a little bit of a cadence to them. And so they're fun to say and they're fun to hear. They provide some sort of comfort. Now... I have caught myself repeating noises, not words. Uh, I generally do them very quietly so I don't disturb people uh, because when I'm called out, I'm put, on, I'm put on blast and then I'm doing something wrong. Now I'm all concerned about not doing the right thing and totally ruins the day. So, for instance, what do these noises look like? What do, what do I do? Uh, a few weeks ago, we were playing a game as a family after dinner. I don't remember which game we're playing, Clue or one of the card games. And I started making this small little whistle noise. It's through the front teeth. So it's not like a full-on whistle. It's like a... Just this sharp little note over and over and over. When I started doing it, I don't know why I did. I didn't even realize I was doing it. No idea how long I was doing it. Until my wife told me to stop because I was being super annoying. Other times repetitive behaviors can creep in. Uh, the other night, we're sitting on the couch, and the dog was kind of laying in between us. And so I started patting the dog. That repetitive behavior, it felt good. It felt good on my fingers with the soft, fluffy dog fur. I believe the dog liked it. She didn't move. And so I just kept patting the dog. And then again, I was reprimanded for annoying my wife. But what I don't fully know is... Are these impulses that I have difficulty controlling? I'm not 100% sure. I think so, because they often happen without my conscious effort to make them happen. But then things can get a little bit more difficult. As an adult, I recognize the impulses, and I can control them or minimize them or stop them as soon as I realize they're happening. I've seen how sometimes acting on impulses makes friends upset, and then they can tend to peer pressure me into not doing them. On occasion, these lessons are very easy to learn. These are more back when I was a child, less as an adult. Uh, but the lessons can be easy to learn, but often they're difficult as we, as humans, crave acceptance. And then when we're shunned due to acting on our impulses, especially the impulses that we don't know we're doing or can't control, we get a little bit hurt. So how do we encourage our left of normal children to think before acting on their impulses? Now, from experience, 
I know that shaming or punishing them doesn't work. Encouraging them to slow down and think before they act or speak or do something sometimes works. Sharing with sharing with them how their peers are going to think that they are complete dinguses kind of works. But I have yet to figure out exactly how to teach impulse control to a younger left of normal human. If you have any brilliant insights on that, they would be brilliantly accepted. And if anyone has any insights into impulsivity, for someone that is not on the spectrum, I'd love to hear those stories and we can share them on a future cast where we refer back to this episode and we talk about how these are not actually spectrum traits, this is just a kid being a kid thing. Let me know, leave a comment, send a message via carrier pigeon, or just knock on my door and tell me to grab a notepad so I can write down your question. But for now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, please like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community. Those impulses and urges aren't going to go away, so let's just have a better understanding of how they creep in and how we can control them before they actually become issues. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they're left, normies, or right.